Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur Risk Givers Podcast. The podcast where we interview entrepreneurs who are willing not only to take risks for themselves and their businesses, but who are also willing to risk helping others. Now sit back and listen to entrepreneurs just like you who are giving back to their communities in big ways. Here's your host, Mike Wiest. Hey, I'm Mike Wiest, and today with me is Karen Sewell. How are you doing, Karen? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you today. I uh, just think you've been doing some pretty awesome things. You have some neat life experiences, and I'm just I'm excited to hear about those again because I know them already. Uh, but I'm mainly excited for the audience to hear about all that. But before we jump into your your passion, your nonprofit, all that stuff that you're doing, just take a second and tell the people who don't know you who you are a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm Karen Sewell. I live in a suburb of Salt Lake City. I've lived here my whole life, um, born and raised in Utah. Um, and now I'm raising my three daughters here. My husband, his name is Matt. And I am a stay-at-home mom, but I'm also um, a small business owner. I work from home. I'm a family photographer. And that allows me to kind of create my own schedule and work around um, the kids' school stuff and extracurricular activities. And so I really like that flexibility. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that's good. No, that's great. I it's it's funny. It's funny for the audience' uh, sake. I'll just say, Karen and I have known each other for a long time, and I think you're the first person that I've interviewed that I actually know personally. And so it's a little bit weird because I already all know all this about Karen. But for those of you who are who are just getting to know Karen for the first time, she is an excellent photographer, been our family photographer, and and that is sort of her entrepreneurial business. So I think that's really good. But so let's jump into the thing that you really want to talk about and, and to inform people about, which is the nonprofit that you've helped out with. Now, it's not your nonprofit specifically, but it's one that you've helped out with. Is that correct? Right. It's just one that I was drawn to. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so tell us a little bit about that. Tell us what that's called and kind of what you do. And Yeah. Um, it's called Magic Hour, and it is a nonprofit organization that matches professional photographers with cancer patients who need family sessions done. They work with adults and kids. There are, there are other organizations kind of like theirs that do work with specific demographics, but this one um, was really broad and that was important to me. And they provide, through these volunteer photographers that make up the network, um, free, free family sessions for the cancer patients um, and their families. And then also they partner with professional print lab that provides like a keepsake box of five by seven prints of all the images from the session. And so that's a really um, cool gift for the families who, who receive these sessions. Oh, that's awesome. So they get the photography plus a keepsake, mm -hmm. printed photos. A lot of times we don't do that now, I guess. We just take wow. the pictures and never print them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, I, I think it is still common, but it's just one of those things that like, you keep meaning to do and you never really get to. So um, providing it to those people up front just kind of takes away that, that extra work that they have to do. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're saying that there are other charities who do very similar things, but they're more sort of specific to different groupings, like to children. Yeah, or to, to children or people with specific type of cancer, um, things like that. Yeah. This one is, you know, any, any type of cancer, any age of patient, I personally have only worked with um, adults through the organization, but 
you know, for me, my connection with it is that my late husband was a cancer patient. I wanted to, not that I don't, you know, have a space in my heart for children with cancer, because, you know, who doesn't, but with young adult cancer being a big part of my life and my story, that was kind of a group that I wanted to be able to to work with. So, Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's important because a lot of people are listening. They have all kinds of different backgrounds. So it's good to know, like there are things for these specifics, uh, but this is the one that drew me specifically now. And so I, I was going to ask you what brought you to being involved, but I guess you sort of answered that question, right? I mean, you've had, boy, just a lot of experiences and a lot of people very close to you that have dealt with cancer, various kinds of cancer. And is there anything else you would want to say about that as far as what brought you into being involved? Or do you feel like you've answered that? I mean, I heard about it through some other photographers, just, you know, there's this entire social network of photographers across the country and people were kind of talking about like, what organizations do they volunteer with? And, and this came up there. So I looked into it and I was impressed by, uh, again, you know, the broad demographic that they were working with that interested me. And then also just that it was a photography based charity. I was already working as a photographer when I signed up with the group, but I I credit my, I I guess I credit starting my photography business to my late husband because he's the first one who bought me a digital camera as a gift. I, I had an interest in photography like in high school, but that was back when we were just shooting like black and white film and processing it in the lab kind of mm-hmm. the old fashioned. Old um, school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the digital world of photography, I think, was gifted to me by by um, by Sean. So. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And one of the things, and that, I'm so glad you brought that up because as people are thinking about how do I want to get involved with community, maybe it's this or maybe it's something else. But to understand, like, there are ways to help with the actual gifts that we have and the actual interests that we have. And so maybe it's photography for somebody. And of course, it was for you. And of course, the connection of that being so so connected to the person that you love that's dealing with this horrible disease. It just makes a lot of sense in, in that way. The Magic Hour Foundation, how long have you been doing kind of work with them? I've been with Magic Hour since I think about 2013, maybe 2014. I'm up as a volunteer photographer for them. They, um, they do kind of screen their photographers and just make sure that you know, you actually have a business and you do know what you're doing because they want to make sure that the families that they're sending to you aren't just going to get, you know, left high and dry with somebody who bails on them. They want people who who understand uh, the work that they're doing. So they do have kind of a vetting process. So I was really excited that they accepted me. <laughs> it wasn't just, you know, you go and sign up and they and they just let you shoot for them. So that was that was a big highlight of my photography career, I guess, was to be accepted into this organization. Yeah. And so, and we see that too with volunteering. It's sort of like when we give, at first, when we think about it, it might be overwhelming, like, boy, this is going to take a lot of my time or whatever. But then immediately we start to see benefits and and fulfillment and all those things that maybe we want or we need in those moments. And so that's, you're sort of saying, I hear you saying that it's sort of like just being accepted into that was sort of like fulfilling. Is that what you were saying? Or I don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's a community and it's my community. So to be accepted into that community was really meaningful. Just my whole kind of background with my experience with cancer kind of made me feel like an outsider. And so to be able to connect with this group was validating for me. And it 
has been really cool to be able to hear some of the stories from these people because that's kind of that's kind of why I wanted to get into it was to give back to that community but also just having my own story I know that these people have amazing stories and just to kind of be near that exposure from them is is meaningful to me I'm always trying to tell my story tell Sean's story because that makes up such a big part of what our life is now. And so it's meaningful to me to be able to work with these people who have their own stories and to be able to share part of that story with them. Yeah. And people who are just going through all this for the first time and, you know, and and it makes so much sense what you're saying, why they would screen photographers for this, because I mean, we think about photography, maybe maybe it's a simple thing to go do a shoot, but it's not necessarily, I guess, is it to, to go out and to even do that. So want to make sure that it's going to be quality. So that's really awesome. Um, so the screening is great. And another thing we appreciate, you know, on the show, we appreciate the recommendation. People want to support, sometimes they're not the photographer, but they want to financially support something, right? And because uh, they can't, they don't know what their talent is. So let's throw some money at it in a very good way because it needs money. And so sometimes we're looking for recommendations like that from people who've done it, who know we do screen these uh these people that come in and photos and all that that's that's good information i think let me ask you this so you were talking about some of the pauses about being accepted into this program to be able to do this uh, this foundation to uh, take these photos has there so that's a positive but has there ever been anything difficult like has it been difficult to be an advocate for this for you in any way or it's difficult sometimes because when you're so close to somebody who's just like in the throes of their toughest time in their life, when that struggle is, you know, physically manifesting itself in front of you, it can be hard for me sometimes to sort of stay in the moment and not let it take me back. Just, it's not painful for me to talk about what I went through but there is still pain there, if that makes sense. Um, and so sometimes it's hard just to kind of be in that, in that experience again with these, uh, with these people, with these clients, just knowing kind of what, what they're going through. Um, I definitely don't, you know, come to them and, and throw my story on top of them. And they know that I've had some sort of experience with cancer and um, if they ask about it, we'll talk about it. And if they don't, then we won't because it's not about me, it's about them. So sometimes it can be hard to just kind of be faced with that challenge right in front of me and, and not let it kind of overwhelm me. So. Yeah. Oh man. So that's so helpful for people because again, as we're trying to decide what, where are we going to help? Are we just going to put money into something? What are we going to do? One of the reasons I think maybe we would step back and say, you know what? I think I'm just going to write a check, which again, can't stress the value of enough. That's important. But one of the reasons why we may decide to write the check and not sort of jump into the trenches like you are is because it's a vulnerable place to be. You know, and that's what I, I hear out of all the words that you're saying there is, is a vulnerability. You know, I'm going to open myself up potentially to something that's going to be going to have feelings associated to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a very emotional Um, It's a very emotional job, even when I'm not working specifically with cancer patients and their families. Even just, you know, sessions that I book part of my business, that that can be an emotional experience. So when you add in the the 
factor of, of cancer patients and their experiences and their families, it definitely is a vulnerable spot for them and for myself. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I, see, I totally see that. So, so for somebody that was wanting to get maybe more information about this, take some first steps, like where would they look to, to do that? Uh, the best place to go would be to Magic Hour's website, and that is magichour.org. And that has all the information about um, what the nonprofit is doing, who is behind it, um, how to apply as a photographer, how to apply as a recipient. So that it just has all the information you could possibly want. It lets you know how to donate to the organization. And so... Yeah, just go to their website. Again, it's magichour.org. Okay, awesome. And we will drop down a link on that here after the show. Uh, once the episode's dropped, we'll, we'll put a link down for it so people can go directly to it and kind of see. And, and again, first steps, you're saying they can figure out if they want to apply. There's steps there for that or if they just want more information. And I'm not sure if I'm going to throw you for a loop with this, but I know that you do want to tell your story with Sean and, and I'm not going to ask you to jump into that unless you really want to, if you think that'd be helpful. But I, I'm curious what advice you might give to people who are sitting here thinking, boy, I've just known so many people that have had cancer. I know people who are struggling right now. Maybe they are the caregiver or maybe, maybe they're not, but they're struggling with knowing what to do. Like, how do I, how do I help? And photography is not my thing. So how do I help? I don't know. What, what advice, I mean, do you want to give any sort of advice or perspective on how to the, to the new caregiver or, or even to the person that wants to help the helper? <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to help those who are dealing with it most upfront, right? So that's the patient and their immediate family and everybody wants to help those people. And, and they should, of course, those people need help. But I think it's important to also remember that the broader community around those people might also need help. And, and you might not be able to help them in the same way that you would help like an actual patient, like taking meals or watching someone's kids while they go to the doctor or driving them to an appointment or something like that. What I found, especially after no longer being a caregiver, is that one way to help people who are experiencing a journey with cancer is to encourage people who have gone through it to tell their story about it, because that helps connect people over a common problem, a common issue. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't know somebody who's ever had cancer. Yeah. Um, so I'm not unique in that way. But just knowing how alone I felt in my situation, I, I just think it's so important that if you have a story to tell, and, it, and if you're able to share it, if you have that emotional strength, and you're in a place where it's not going to be detrimental to your mental health, to share that story so that other people know that they're not alone and that the things that they're going through, someone else has gone through or is going through too. And, you know, I know not everyone is in a place where they can be available to be that emotional support for someone else who's dealing with it. I have been that for some people and I've been happy to do that for them because, um, again, like I said, I just felt like I was so alone when I was going through my experience. I, I was really happy to find people that I could connect to. But um, I think through, through telling that story, that's just a small way, even though it's not always easy, to um, help people connect 
So I think, I think that's really important. Okay. Yeah. So if you if your gift isn't photography, like it is Karen's, then there's still ways to help other than just writing a check and sending it somewhere, just being that person that gives, and is this what you're, this is what you're saying, right? Giving somebody a platform, just an opportunity to, to talk about their story, just to sit with them and, and let them talk. Is that, am I hearing yeah, you right? People share their story or if, or if it's you and you've been through something and you don't know, you know that you want to give back, but you don't know, you know, what you could possibly do. Um, but you have a story to share. I think just, we talk about normalizing, normalizing things in our culture and talking about it is probably the best way to do that. So people kind of get scared about when they hear, hear people talk about their cancer experience, they don't want to like intrude too much. They don't want to barge in on people's personal business, but sometimes people want to talk about what they've gone through. And so I think, like you said, giving people a platform to do that can be really helpful for somebody. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's important advice. That's advice I've needed to hear many, many times. <laughs> Cause like you said, you don't want to intrude, right? You don't want to be bombard people with questions and things, but is there any piece of your, your story, your journey with Sean that you do want to share while I've got you on here? Yeah. I'll just tell kind of the quick version, I guess, of um, whatever what you feel comfortable, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So I met Sean when we were in college at the University of Utah, he was a pre-med student and I was getting my bachelor's in psychology and we had a psychology course together. We dated for a while and four months after we were dating, he was diagnosed with stage three testicular cancer, which is a cancer that affects young men mostly. He was right in that age range where um, it's a, he's at high risk and we we stayed together through his treatment. He kind of went he went through different regimens of of chemo. He had some radi- radiation. He had some surgeries, and over a span of um, a few years, he was kind of in and out of remission. He he would respond really well to the treatments, and then um, the doctors would say you have a, a low chance of of this happening or this coming back, and then it would happen to him. Um, yeah. So he was he was kind of he was always keeping the doctors on their toes. We had to go out of state for a couple months. We moved to Indianapolis to get him some treatment there, some specialized care, and through this time, you know, we decided um, that we wanted to get married, and we did that. And we decided at one point that we were kind of tired with the guessing game that we were living in about whether he was going to stay healthy or not. And cancer was kind of controlling all of our decisions that we were making. And so we decided to kind of take our lives back and, and um, decided that we wanted to start a family together. And so um, because of the treatment that he had had and some surgeries he had, he was not able to have kids on his own, but he had banked some sperm at a clinic. And so we were able to do IVF and we did that uh, together. And I got pregnant with twins from that IVF cycle. Uh, And when I was about 16 weeks pregnant, which is pretty early on, that's like early second trimester, Sean was not doing well, not responding to the clinical trial that he was in any longer. And his doctor, I think it was a Friday, had had a consultation with him and told him that he maybe only had a a few more months left. 
And so we were, we were kind of coming to terms with that. We knew that he had given everything he possibly could to fighting this disease. And his goal was just to make it to the point when the, when the kids were going to be born. He ended up dying two days after that. So it was, it was really sudden in terms of what we were expecting. We were just kind of trying to wrap our head around this news that we had just got about him having a few months left. And, you know, is he going to make it to when the babies are born? And then only to have him have him go a couple days later. So that was um, a really sudden and a really traumatic experience for me. And he, he didn't, you know, he didn't get to meet our kids. He didn't um, get to know that we were having daughters. He knew that we were having twins, but didn't know uh, what they were yet. And it, it was a really lonely time. It was a really scary time. I went through a lot of, a lot of emotions. Like I just want to die. Like, why am I still here? But at the same time feeling like, okay, well I have to pull it together because I'm having twins and I want to be healthy for my kids. And so it was, it was just a huge roller coaster. And I remember searching for anyone who had any sort of experience that looked anything like mine. And I wasn't really able to find anyone. I did have an awesome support network in terms of my family and friends. So, you know, thank God I had that, but it was, it was lonely in terms of people really being able to understand what I was going through. Yeah. How many people have gone through that exact same situation? You know, it's, doesn't seem like a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Since, uh, since that experience, I've only met one person who's had something, any that looks similar to what I went through, like in the slightest. So um, I met her through my cousin and it was, it was good for me to be able to connect with her. She, she would say that she reached out to me and I was able to help her, but I think she, she helped me just as much. So. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know it just, it has to be, you know, as you're helping these people with the photography, but also just with, you know, in life as you've been this person where they can tell their stories to you. I think you have to be an inspiration, you know, just to say, okay, here's somebody who, that has gone through something similar or maybe even more intense than, than what I'm going through. And they've made it to the other side and they have this happy, thriving family. And, and, you know, I think that sort of thing gives people hope, right. Just to see that. Yeah. So you're yeah. uh, I think you're or just a sort of a, an amazing example to a lot of people. And I do have that happy, thriving family now. It's been almost 10 years since that happened. And I have three daughters now, all of whom are Sean's biological children. And um, we had a frozen embryo from the IVF cycle. And my current husband and I used that embryo in a second IVF round. And so now we have three daughters. Yeah, that's so uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool story. Um, it's cool to kind of be able to share with my kids things about their life that is different than most of their friends. Like we have pictures of them when they were blastocysts, which are little like five day old cell growths. <laughs> so they just look like bubbles. Um, it's really cute. So it's, it's fun to kind of be able to share that experience with them. Well, I think to, to kind of go back to um, what you're talking about as far as obstacles and things that, that you have to overcome to be able to serve people and help people in this way, we're talking about risking helping other people. It's a risk sometimes to help others. And, uh, and I, and I do think with all the things that you said and, and you telling your story, what I just hear that keeps coming through is that you're risking being vulnerable for others, for the benefit of others, you're risking 
that kind of vulnerability. I mean, and ultimately we do find fulfillment through some of that as well. And we we're filled up, but it, it costs being vulnerable. And I think that it, I think that is a risk for a lot of us that sometimes we're not willing to give, but I see you giving in this. So some best what you're, we're going to drop a link to the website as far as where people can find out more information about this this nonprofit. We have your recommendations, so people want to just give, they'll, they'll be able to find that. If they're photographers, they want to help out, then they can find out how to apply for that. There, do you want to end with any kind of? Do you have a, maybe one or two positive stories, something where you've seen like this actually made a difference? And you can give a name or don't give a name. It doesn't matter. But some story where you've been like, wow, that that was awesome. And that made a difference. Let's end with one of those. <laughs> this story, I don't know if it made a difference for the person that I'm going to speak about, but it definitely made a difference for me. And I feel like a lot of the time, my motivations for helping people are selfish because it feels good for me. Um, and, and of course. I <laughs> so, um, like I, I definitely want to help people, but it, it really is for me too. But so when I was married to Sean, we went to church with this woman whose name was Gloria and she was amazing. She was diagnosed with cancer sometime after Sean was, but they were kind of like cancer buddies. Can I, just uh-huh. pause, can I pause you here, Karen, and just ask you, is your goal to make me cry today on this <laughs> podcast or... I know. I know. Okay. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so anyone who knew this woman just knew how amazing she was. She was just so positive, so optimistic, so upbeat. She was the sweet lady with just white hair and she just had a really good heart, a really genuine spirit. Um, and that was obvious to everybody who knew her for five minutes or five years. Um, and so through magic hour, I did a session with Gloria and her husband, um, at their home. And that was one of the most meaningful sessions I've ever done with the organization or just in my business in general. It was incredible to be able to use my gifts to bless her because she had blessed Sean and I in so many ways. And it just felt like the whole purpose for what I had done in terms of signing up with this organization had just kind of come full circle. So when I, when I did the session with her, Sean had passed by that point and, and she wasn't doing great, but still had enough energy that she wanted to get in front of the camera and and smile. And she wore this like purple pantsuit and it was just really adorable. (laughs) It was really adorable. Um, And it was really I think I've really seen those pictures with her. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Yeah. So, so that, that was probably my, my favorite and most encouraging session that I've done. So, yeah. So many ways to help people. Karen, you're doing a lot of really great work. You're helping people a lot of ways. I appreciate you doing that. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. We want to just thank you as we wrap up today. Thank you so much for being here, Karen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and join the conversation on social media at Risky Givers. Also, check out our website, riskygivers.com. This has been the Entrepreneur Risk Givers Podcast with your host, Mike Wiest. Hope to see you next time.